Ernesto. Miles. Here we are. Here we are. We, we have started a, a podcast. Yep. We have a podcast. It happened. It was inevitable, you know. You think so? Just, you know, just two guys. Talking about dad stuff. Talking about dad stuff. Everybody is begging to hear more men talk. <laughs> you know, on a comfortable <laughs> seat with mics. Having a podcast. So, you know, it, it okay. really had to happen. I'm going to be a bit genuine here, though. I did want to start something like this for our channel because I dived in and I listened to a couple other dad podcasts mm-hmm. and you know I was appalled I gotta be real I was not stoked on what they were talking about it was like super broy, mm-hmm. like really like just like us masculine in like a gross way that sounds exact did we make a podcast already <laughs> Yeah, this is all about bro stuff. <laughs> um, you know, so I think I think you know we're we're trying. We're trying. We're trying. Um and I think that I don't know. I don't know why I said that. I have nothing to say. I have nothing more to add to you know, we're just going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to try. It might be a little bit cringe to start off with, and that's completely fine. Yeah, cringe Cole is our middle name. Cole is out. Yeah, all good. It's it's all good. So, the first episode is going to be about something that I've talked about a little bit before, but mm-hmm. you really wanted to talk about and dive more into. Yes, because I feel like Miles and I, we, I'd say we're, we're pretty, pretty close friends. Duh. Yeah. Maybe even my best friend. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Um, and I don't really know much about this because I've never really asked you about it because i just feel like it's never really been part of our friendship but you've talked a little bit about um your bipolar diagnosis right um and i just think that like it could really help some people you know i actually got a message on call me dad the other day from this woman who's also Mm -hmm. bipolar and it was in French. I had to speak French, just so you all know I can speak French. Um, I've never heard it, but <laughs> it's pretty bad. But um, I realized that like so much of what we're doing is also about mental health, right? Because so much of parenting and the world that we're a part of is also about like if you're good up here. Mm-hmm. And I, for one, am sometimes not good up there. <laughs> same (laughs) actually (laughs) yeah so let's let's normalize that Mm -hmm. um yeah i think that we should kind of like i think we should start with like why you even seeked to get that diagnosis in the first place because Mm -hmm. that's something that i actually know nothing about because i didn't i don't think i knew you before your bipolar diagnosis or maybe i knew you around the time that you were diagnosed yeah, we started, like, getting close around the time I was diagnosed. Okay. Because that's when I restarted uh, Call Me Data. Right, okay. Is right when I got my meds. Um. So what was, like, the catalyst for, for that diagnosis and why you went and got that? So my partner and I had, like, a lot of tumultuous times, let's say. And a lot of times I felt like the world was just, like, really loud and mm-hmm. it made me like really angry like i was always like angry i was always like irritable which i still like am at times as you've seen since i've been staying with you like sometimes i'm just like leaving the fuck alone yeah but you know i was like 
irritable all the time. Like going to the grocery store was like super difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Being in public was super difficult for me. Like some days I just like was really tired. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, I'm from LA. So I was like, well, I'm empathetic. Maybe I'm just like feeling the weight of the world. Yep. <laughs> but you know, it got to a point and it came to a head where basically our, you know, our couples therapist was like, Hey, I really think you need to see a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. And I was like, to be honest, I was like, man, shut up. <laughs> but I went, I went to the psychiatrist and at first, you know, he was like, you're not bipolar. You're not schizophrenic. Like you have anxiety. Yeah. So they prescribed me Lexapro mm-hmm. and you know, I had the pills in my hand and I was like, I was always like adamantly against medication, mm-hmm. like in my whole life. Like I don't take Advil. Like I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. I, I think medication is a beautiful thing, but like for me personally, I like didn't want it in my body. So I didn't take it. And then, you know, my partner was like, dude, you need to take your meds. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right. So I started taking the Lexapro. I didn't really feel a difference. I was like, whatever. Maybe it's like, there's no, there's like, it felt like a placebo or something. And I was just like taking my Lexapro, taking my Lexapro, taking my Lexapro for probably like two months and nothing was changing. I was still like super irritable. I was still like freaking out on my partner. I was just mm-hmm. like, you know, the the sound of like, a cup in the sink would set me off like sometimes just, I couldn't deal. And, um, so my therapist was like, I think we need to go back to your psychiatrist. There's something like, you know, therapists aren't allowed to diagnose you. So it was Mm -hmm. her way of gently being like, we need a, we need a diagnosis. Yeah. Um, so I went back and she was like, but this time I want your part, my partner to go with me. Mm hmm. Which I was like, what the F? Like, I'm not going to a psychiatrist with you. That is, you know, I got to a point where I was just like, this is insane. Like, nothing's wrong with me. Leave me alone. Mm -hmm. Like, I have, like, kind of, like, an authority issue, as you know. Like, if someone tells me to do something, I have, like, a really hard time doing it. Yeah. So I was very, like, I don't want to do this. Like, just leave me alone. Mm -hmm. Anyways, skip forward we go to the psychiatrist together. She just starts going off. Like he does this. He has friendships for like a month. He drinks too much. He does that. That's crazy to me. That's like a point that is insane to me that you had like friendships that lasted like a month or whatever, where you were super close to the person. Yeah. Like love bombed them. That's crazy to me. Why? I just like, don't see you as that. I know. I'm kind of like not that dude in reality. It, it like just because we've been friends for such a long time yeah yeah. and we talk we i'd say we talk like every day Mm -hmm. i just couldn't imagine you like switching so quickly to another it's not it's not that i like switch so quickly it was just more of like this like love bomb thing where i was just like you're my fucking best friend like let's go Mm. a lot of times though it had a lot to do with like alcohol Okay. It was like a drinking partner. Right. Because I was self-medicating and I didn't know I was. Yep. Because I wasn't on my meds yet. Would you say that self-medicating with alcohol was probably how you lasted so long without being on medication? I honestly, you know, I'm not a doctor, but like I think so. Mm -hmm. Because I needed to do something to turn the world off and that 
shuts the world off. When you keep saying, like, the world was too loud, because I've never really heard that as, like, a symptom of bipolar. When I think of bipolar, or, mm-hmm. like, when m- most people who are, like, uneducated really on it think of bipolar, they think of, like, mania, depressive, yeah, like, just, just the episodes, really. Right. Whereas when you say, like, about the world being too loud, like, my brain goes to, like, oh, like, you had, like, sensory... No, issues, it's like more sensory overload. It's more of like a fight or flight response. Okay. Like I always am I'm always looking for the danger. And it felt like every thing was like dangerous. Like, oh, there's a big crowd. It's like, okay, that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. So it's like this acute like anxiety, but my anxiety comes out in anger. Well, that's super similar to I have a panic disorder. Mm-hmm. And that's super similar to me where, like, if I see a big crowd, I'm like, oh, no, I yeah. can't go near that. I'll yeah. pass. I'll, like, in my brain, I'm like, if you go over there, you're going to pass out and die on the floor. <laughs> like, that's just how my brain works. There's even, like, f- when I'm in a really bad place, there's, like, certain streets in Liverpool that I will avoid. Oh, I've I've been like that before. Like like a like a busy high Dude, street. When I lived in New York, I couldn't s- take the subway for a year. I was like too anxious. Me too. Yeah. I was the exact same. Yeah. And I would take fucking Ubers everywhere. Yeah, just broke because you're just Ubering. I spent all basically all my money on Ubers. Yeah, I dude. couldn't like buy like a fucking bell That's pepper at the so show. So funny. I was the same way. Yeah, yeah I yeah. couldn't go on the subway. It w- it would freak me out too much. I was yeah. like, I will have a panic attack. But going back to what you said, I think there's this you know like generalization of bipolar where it's like Mm -hmm. you're either like you like kanye out you know what i mean but bipolar it's like i i feel so silly saying this but there's a spectrum to it like anything right so like yeah of course some people don't even really have manic episodes they're just depressed Mm -hmm. like you could be just depressed for a long time Mm mm-hmm for me, like, I lean more towards depression than mania. Mm-hmm. I do have, like, little manic episodes that come out in the form of, like, to you, it would look kind of like OCD. Okay. I'm also OCD, which is, like, amazing. I'm yeah, just all fucked up. But, yeah. um... You're so... You're not like the other guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so different. Um, But, so... You know, it's a spectrum. It comes out in all different ways. It's mm-hmm. It's also why it's so hard to diagnose bipolar. It's really hard to diagnose it, which Mm -hmm. I didn't realize because I guess in the 90s, like they would just like throw bipolar at people. They'd be like, you're bipolar, you're bipolar, you're bipolar. Oprah style. They give you this test back Mm -hmm. then that was just so generic. Mm -hmm. Like anyone could have been bipolar. (laughs) Well, big, big pharma was raking it in. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. So we went to the psychiatrist. Um, she told her, she told him all of these symptoms mm-hmm. that I didn't even realize anyone was paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the problem, right? Is like, <laughs> I just, it was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and the psychiatrist was like, yeah, this sounds like, you know, that's bipolar. Mm-hmm. So I'm bipolar two. There's two different types of bipolar. There's bipolar okay. one and there's a bipolar two. Mm-hmm. Bipolar two, like you're going to see more hypomania. Okay. So instead of this like an hypo depression kind of like you're instead of seeing these like long periods of like mania, it's going to be more like quick. Okay. 
So like, you know, like, like hours or days or okay. I don't think hours hours seems a bit weird. It's more like days. Okay. Like I've been a little manic since I've been here mm-hmm. and then like I got a little and then I was like depressed too. Yeah. Like the sleeping. That's the interesting thing about Miles is like he will go from like running up a real storm and like being he'll be like singing rap songs he'll be like (laughs) running all over the house and then he will just nap for like in the middle of the day for like three hours yeah and you can't get him out of bed that's a symptom of my meds though too Mm -hmm. um i get really tired because they bring me down yeah it's a it's a mood stabilizer right okay so i'm very like yeah Mm -hmm. but i think you know there's been times i've been manic and i was so like drunk right that i didn't like realize i was having a manic episode but it would last yeah for like a a couple weeks wow like i would just be like fucking drunk Mm -hmm. and like going off yeah and um you know it it was a weird thing too like especially when max my daughter was born Mm because like i remember when she was born i was like you know i'm not gonna drink yeah and I didn't drink for like, like two weeks or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started drinking again. And man, I was like drunk, dude. <laughs> like I, I was obsessed with these like hard kombuchas. Oh okay. Oh, uh, <sighs> like Boochcraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, shout out Boochcraft. But um, yeah. Yeah, I just was like obsessed with those, and I was just like, I was just drunk, dude. And I remember one day, shout out Boochcraft, that chill get you fucked up. Yeah, it's like eight percent alcohol or something. Oof. Um, one day, I came home, mm-hmm. and I was wasted. It was like, I want to say like six, five or six. It was like early, early night, late afternoon, mm-hmm. and I was wasted. Yeah. Like, I don't know how I got home and I walked in the house and my partner and her friend were there and I was like, hey, and I was just like, we have stairs in our house. And I like literally looked at the stairs and I was about to walk up and I like couldn't walk. So I literally like army crawled up the stairs. (laughs) Oh my God, dude. And everyone was like, miles, are you okay? And I was like, what is wrong with you? I'm fine. (laughs) I was just, I think I was like screaming Oasis. I was just like singing Oasis at the top of normal day for you. Honestly, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I do love Oasis, but like, yeah, like I like army crawled up the stairs Mm -hmm. and I like got in bed and I was just like, woo. And I just knocked out. out cold right and so these are the situations that led to the diagnosis okay um yeah because i can imagine for your partner that would be quite jarring especially with a baby dude like have come home you know and it's funny because it's like i have this thing call me dada and like Mm -hmm. everyone thinks i'm this like perfect father or it feels that way sometimes and like you know, I really, really, like, battled my mental health through fatherhood. Like, I didn't know I was mm-hmm. bipolar. I have now come to the realization, like, it's not my fault that I'm bipolar. But I made some, like, insane decisions because of my bipolar. Yeah. Because I wasn't I wasn't a- awake. Yeah. 
it's like it's like you know i i don't want to say it's like it's like i'm someone else but it is it's like if you have a boat let's say and me and you our friendship we're in a boat together Mm -hmm. there is a third person in our boat because of my bipolar yeah and sometimes that guy takes over i actually named him jim (laughs) there's actually four people in the boat well yeah but one One of of them is my fidget toy oh right 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 um (laughs) (laughs) um but you know like there's this other person in me that i have to like regulate yeah and i didn't know that but I think that you do a really, really good job of regulating that now. And I talk to you about it a lot. Hold on. I'm just going to ta- check the timer. I have to reset the camera every 25 minutes because it turns off. We're DIYing this, by the way, guys. Yeah, this is super DIY. Um, But one thing I notice is that you, you're really good at, like, communicating your emotions and how you're feeling. Mm. Um. And you're really like candid about it. Like if you're in, if you feel uncomfortable, if you feel frustrated, anything, you will communicate that really well mm. is what I find. I think that you're very like self-aware. Sometimes you'll say like, oh, I feel a little bit manic today. Or, you know, you'll say like, oh, I think I'm tired because of my medication. I think that you communicate your your feelings in a really healthy way and like... Mm. I feel like if you were, maybe if you were medicated, you wouldn't. Um, I don't think I would. I think you're right. I mm. think through medication and therapy, I've learned that like, you know, so I don't, I know the world might not see me as this or something, but like, mm-hmm. I feel like a really like big guy and um, I can be quite scary when I don't regulate. Yeah. Like. I could be really angry, I could be really aggressive, and I could get really big, right? metaphorically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I scared a lot of people when I wasn't diagnosed, and mm-hmm. I didn't mean to. Yeah. But it comes out that way, and I really had to work on, like, hey, I'm feeling this way right now, mm-hmm. because at least now you know, and you can, like, back off. Because, like... I used to just like wait and wait and wait and wait and then I would attack. Well, it's like a, you know, like a fizzy drink. Exactly. You just shake mm-hmm. it up. Just a shaking Coke bottle. Yep. That's how I operated though because yeah. I didn't know, you know, and it, it makes me so sad that I didn't know because it it ruined a lot of things, but mm-hmm. I just I just didn't know. Well, it took, I think the important thing to take away from that is it took ruining those things for you to get to here. Yeah, but I still ruin them. And that's something that, like, is hard to live with at times. Mm -hmm. But I I appreciate what you're saying. Like, I totally agree with you. It's just, like, sucks that, like, I'm 32 and I had to, like, ruin all this shit for myself to come to the realization that I need to be medicated. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm glad I caught it when I'm 32 and not 52. Yes. Wait, I feel like we're really getting into something but I have to change the camera. Do it, do it. <laughs> I want to do it in the most insensitive <laughs> way ever. You're like, bro. Just like that. Okay, that sounds cool. One <laughs> second. <laughs> Are we back? We, we're back. Love that. So one thing that I wanted to get into in terms of your bipolar diagnosis is like, obviously we got to circle back to parenting. Yeah. Um... How do you feel like 
that has influenced like your relationship with Max? Um, do you feel like it does hinder your relationship with Max in any way or? Yeah. Um, I do a lot actually. Mm-hmm. It's actually, it's like two pronged. Hello, bipolar. Um, there's one side in which I'm like very scared. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mental illnesses are very hereditary. Yeah. And I'm scared that, you know, Max will one day suffer from this. And I don't want that for her because I see how much it's like affected my life. Mm -hmm. And obviously as a parent, you want your kids to have this like perfect life. And, you know, at least in my experience, it won't be as perfect as I want it to be for her Mm -hmm. if she's bipolar. Obviously, being that I'm bipolar, I'll be able to be there for her. And, you know, hopefully we would catch it early and be able to get her the proper help but there's that part where i feel like extremely guilty Mm -hmm. that her dad has this thing well i think the perspective to take on that and we've talked about this before is that you know that you have it therefore if you see it in max she will not have to like suffer and white knuckle her way through it the way that you did for like 30 years of your life yeah and she can get the help that she needs and the support that she needs yeah it's just like as a parent i think i just don't want her to (laughs) i mean selfishly well also i think that like it's really uncommon for kids to just be like neurotypical now i think that like the world is now not to undermine like a different generation the generation before (laughs) <laughs> like they literally had to like deal with like war yeah and i understand yeah, yeah. that like it's a different difficulty but like we have very complex issues that we have to face now mm. um the world is insane so i think that like inevitably no matter what whether she due to like her genetics ends up having bipolar or whatever i think that like she it's impossible for her, her to like go through life and not struggle She's going to at yeah. some point. I think, you know, as a dad, I hate that because mm-hmm. I just want her life to be like rainbows and sunshine. But yeah, I mean, and that's the thing when you're a parent, right, is like you're also trying to prepare your child for the fact that like, you know, life is life. It's the classic thing where like life mm-hmm. really isn't fair. Like she's going to get her heart broken. She's going to you know x y and z like go through so many different things like that's part of the human experience Mm -hmm. but as a parent you're like no (laughs) like i don't want that for you like you're just never gonna that's never gonna happen (laughs) i actually think that you're the exception you're never gonna struggle in your life (laughs) yeah exactly or you think right you're like yeah you'll go to private school and then like (laughs) become a doctor and like marry the first guy you or girl or whatever that you ever meet like you know what i mean like you want the fairy tale for your kid. And I think there was a long time where I felt like because I was bipolar, I was ruining her life. Yeah. Like I was like, man, here I am. I'm this guy that like grew up without a dad. Mm-hmm. All this shit has happened to me. And I had a kid and here I am like passing on this shit to her. Mm-hmm. Like, not only does she have a dad that is like not stable, 
you know, he has like all this baggage and all this stuff. And I really felt guilty for a long time. And then I had to like, I had to do that work, man. I had, and I'm still doing that work where I had to go like, you know what? The only thing that Maxime cares about is that her dad's around. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, you always express to me or like not always, but you've, you've expressed to me a few times in the past, like, oh, I'm not feeling good today. I feel guilty. I feel like such a bad dad Mm. just because like, I don't know, like you Max is watching a movie or like you don't feel like going out. Well, that's the other thing that I think, you know, maybe people wouldn't understand is Mm -hmm. like there's days where like, you know, I struggle with this because it sounds so like, you know, like the like David Goggins in me is like, get up and do it, brother. But like 5 a.m. morning routine. Right. But like there are days where like I can't get out of bed. Mm -hmm. Like I don't feel good. Yeah. Like I don't feel okay. I know that was today. Yeah. Like (laughs) it's just like my brain isn't functioning properly. And I have a two and a half year old who wants my attention and who wants to play Mm -hmm. and I can't. Yeah. And I have to like force myself to get up. Mm -hmm. Like it is so hard. And I think it sounds like a cop out, right? Like even when I'm saying this, I I have like, I'm like, ew, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I hope there's people out there who like, I'm, I'm sure there'll be people who are like, just get up dude. But like, I think there's people out there who like suffer from this illness and get it. Like, there are days where just like, I just can't do it mm-hmm. and I have to, that's so difficult because it makes me feel so bad. But like, I think the main thing to like take from that is the fact that you do it. Even, even when you feel terrible, you still like roll out of bed and you show up and you're a dad, which is like, to be honest with you, like we've talked a lot about like the dad trope and like the reputation of dads. A lot, like, the the biggest stereotype for dads is, like, that they don't show up. Yeah, but I think, you know, for me, like, parenting is, like, it goes so m- much beyond the trope. Like, I don't know how to give, give a damn about the trope because I never mm-hmm. even experienced it because I just didn't have it. Yeah. Like, I didn't even know what a dad was. Like, yeah. I've never... You know, I never had met my dad. I didn't grow up with a dad. I didn't have a male in the in the house. Like, and my uncles are like, they're like tough guys. So mm-hmm. like, all I ever knew was just like, get up and do it, or like, just do nothing. Yeah. So for me, it's like, I have to define this stuff for myself, mm-hmm. and like, I don't know. Like, there's just times where, I, you know, I have to explain to Max one day. Yeah. I'm going to have to look her in the face and say, hey, your dad is sick mm-hmm. and sometimes he can't get out of bed. Yeah. And she's going to have to understand that. Mm-hmm. And that's really difficult. And it makes me super sad. I think I'm raising a person who has empathy I and, was just about to and say will that. understand what's going on. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is like, man, there's days where I can't go to the park. Mm. I can't do it. I don't feel good enough. Doesn't it, like, in a way, don't you see a silver lining in the fact that, like, you're going to have a daughter who is super empathetic when she meets people who are in the same 
position as Hadad? I never think about that because I just think about the fact that like I feel like I'm failing. Yeah, you're too you're too like overshadowed by the guilt of it. Yeah. Yeah, but I but I think that like the people around you who love you and care about you have a different perspective of it, and I think that like the perspective I'm saying because it's not your fault. Yeah, but you know, it's just like there's just days where like I'm really hard on myself about those things mm-hmm. because it's like like today like you said like I don't want to be here I didn't want to wake up yeah I don't want to be wearing pants right now mm-hmm. like this is like a struggle today yeah. like I'm going through like a depression episode mm. and I have been for like two weeks and it's like really fucking hard mm-hmm like everything's irritating me. I, you know, I just, I, I don't feel good right now. Mm. And when you have a two-year-old running around, it's like really hard. Yeah, it's just really hard because you can't look at your two-year-old and go, "Uh, Daddy doesn't feel good right now. He's bipolar." You have to be like, "Oh, you want to color again? Oh, there's shit on the floor. Okay, like the dog's barking. Like everything is happening, and I have this thing where I." can't freaking function yeah daddy's bipolar today you need to take yourself to the park (laughs) here's the car keys (laughs) yeah Yeah. have fun max i'm staying in bed yeah and i mean you know there's also like the element of like you have a partner who has like other stuff to do and like you have Mm. work and you have all these things and like i can't just sit around and be like depressed all the time yeah but like Even you saying that, like, oh, yeah, I've been here for, like, two weeks and I've, like, been in a depressive episode, you do a – and not that you should mask, but you do a really good job at masking that. And I don't know whether that's, like, your medication or – It's my meds, but it's also, like, dude, I white-knuckle this. Mm -hmm. Like, so Ernie has this regiment where he wakes up at, like, 7 in the morning and goes and walks 10,000 steps, and he's been, like, waking me up to do it. Since I've been in Liverpool. That's part of my own sick in the head stuff. And dude, I love, I think exercise, any mental health stuff Mm. is like one of the best medicines. But man, have I wanted to wring your neck. Yeah, I know. And I mean that with love. But like, because I'm in this state right now. Mm. Oh my God. Just like being woken up. Like, honestly, like you even in my space Mm. is really hard. Mm. And I know it's not miles. Because Miles loves you. Mm. And Miles knows that going on these walks is good for him. And Miles knows that you want the best for me. But the bipolar Miles is like, this little kid is about to get worked. Well, I'm actually 6'1". So. <laughs> oh, it's nice to dream, isn't Let's it? Let's not say a little. You know? No, but I'm just saying, like, that side of me is like, I, I can't stand it. <laughs> but I know how funny would it be if you beat my ass? No, and you I like, would never. But sorry, dude, my I have to white knuckle. I have to fight that guy. Yeah, every day, mm-hmm. Miles has to fight that guy mm-hmm. and go shut up, get up. You know, sometimes I'm kind to him. Sometimes I'm mean to him. Didn't you tell me you named him? Yeah, Jim. Jim. Yeah, that was a yeah, Jim. Jim, he seems like a Jim. Jim is crazy. Mm-hmm. Jim loves to party. Yeah, I've met Jim, and I don't really like him. Have you met Jim? I think so. <laughs> really? When? I feel like I have. When? Like a few, like a few times. 
Just like at random moments, maybe. Like, was I drinking still? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but I feel like I've met Jim before. <laughs> I've seen flashes of him. Was he cool? Or a little scary? He was a little bit scary, yeah. Why? A little bit, like, intense, I would say. Okay, why? I just wouldn't trust him. Really? Mm. Interesting. Would yeah. you trust Miles, though? Yeah, I trust Miles. Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, Jim, though, I'm not sure on that My guy. therapist calls it the fuck it button. You've mentioned the fuck it button a lot of times, and you've also mentioned the fact that I don't have one. Yeah, I think it's good you don't have one. Mm-hmm. Um, the fuck it button, a.k.a. Jim, is not your friend. No. It's tough. But you, I think the main thing is, like, you do a really, really good, a con- a good job at, like, controlling it. Mm. Um, and, like... White knuckling, I guess, but not so much white knuckling. I think that you're really dealing with it now and facing it, and you're doing the work. Mm-hmm. And I mean, dude, I spent a lot of money in therapy. Yeah, and uh, well, that's the thing. Like, Jim will never go away. The fuck it button will never go away. Your bipolar will never go away. But the you're doing the most that you can do, which is managing it. And ex- I think that you were like coming to a point where you're accepting it. Yeah, because I didn't accept it. We've talked about this. Like, mm. I didn't accept it for, like, a really long time. Like, even now, to be honest, like, there were days where, like, I wouldn't take my meds on purpose because mm-hmm. I'm just, like, I was, like, I'm not bipolar. I've heard you say that before. I'm not bipolar. I've heard, Miles has said to me before, like, I actually don't think that I'm bipolar. And I'm, like, yeah, anyway, your meds are on the table if you want to take them. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should still take your med just in case, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, I think that you're in a really good place with it now. And I think that like, it's been really great that you've shared it with people because I, I do think that there's like at least a handful of people that you've touched and been able to help. And like, if there is anybody who's listening to this or watching it, who does want to express how they're feeling or wants to reach out and talk about it, slide into the DMs. They're open. Yeah. I mean that girl talking to me about the other day was like Mm. it was a hard it was it was weird man yeah to be honest with you because i know how she's feeling Mm -hmm. and the fact that like she wanted to talk to me about it yeah was like really touching Mm -hmm. i mean granted it was like in french and i could like only get bits and bobs but like the fact that like this person like reached out their hand to me to say hey i'm bipolar Hey, thank you for talking about this. Hey, I feel seen. Yeah. Like, I know how hard it is to be bipolar and feel like the world doesn't see you Mm -hmm. because, like, it's so freaky when you get diagnosed because it's like, oh, 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 now I'm going to be like the homeless guy on the street talking to himself Mm. because that's still where we're at in a lot of ways in society. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, like. You have celebrities talking about mental health and, like, you have, like, people who are bipolar and and schizophrenic and all this stuff. And, like, we talk about it a little bit more openly now. It's not like the 50s where you get, like, locked up. Mm. But the reality is, is, like, as a bipolar person, like, I would have been locked up back in the day. Like, they would have locked me up and threw away the key. Yeah. And, like, you have this negative self-image. So I think... Because we're, like, kind of wrapping up now. Mm. One thing I would ask you is, like, if somebody right now is in that position where 
they're seeking a diagnosis or they've just received a diagnosis or they're just like in a period of time where they're struggling with their bipolar diagnosis. Mm -hmm. What is like something you would say to them or like a piece of advice? I I can only say what helped me. Mm -hmm. And when I started to realize when you get diagnosed, it feels like you are the only person in the world that has this problem. Mm-hmm. You're like, no one's going to get me. Yeah. I'm alone. Everyone doesn't have my back now because of all this stupid shit I did. I mean, some people who are bipolar, like don't do what I did, mm-hmm. but let's say you're in my position. Cause that's all I could talk about. Like you're drinking all the time. Your wife's about to leave you. Your friends don't want to hang out with you. You got in a fight. Like, all Mm -hmm. the stuff I did, man, it feels so lonely. Right. It's so lonely. And you have to, like, now you have to take these pills every day that you don't understand. If you're like me, like, you're really scared of medicine and, like, you know, like, drugs. And you have all these new responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And you feel so alone in that responsibility Mm -hmm. and in this diagnosis. And I would just say that like, it's so corny, but there's so many of us. There are so many of us Mm -hmm. like, and in a way, if you can switch your mindset to say, Hey, like in a way this sounds crazy, but like you're like, you're, you're special. Like, Hey, I can be special in this. Mm -hmm. I can help others. I can, overcome this if you can do that and you could realize that like you're not alone Mm -hmm. like it's gonna be okay that's my advice is like you're not by yourself yeah i'm not even talking like hotlines and stuff i'm talking the fact that like there's a dude like me who is freaking bipolar and on meds and has screwed up so much stuff in my life and i'm sitting here and i'm living and like I have a company and I have best friends who love me and I have a daughter who loves me and Mm -hmm. I have such a big life. Yeah. Like it's like you got this and like, you're not by yourself. Mm -hmm. Cause I remember, man, like I just felt alone. Like I just wanted to dig a hole, sit in that hole and just turn it off. Yeah. And man, a big part of this shit too is like, like a big part of bipolar is like, you have suicidal thoughts. Mm. It's a big part of it. And a lot of people, there's, you know, I think that's a big risk for people like us. Like there's a lot of suicide and because it's so lonely, it's so lonely. Yeah. And I think that's like my biggest thing is just like, you know, talk about it. Try mm-hmm. those days. You can't get out of bed. Like just reach out to one person if you can. Yeah. Sometimes you can't, but just one person, like just be like, yo, I feel like shit. Mm. And I promise you there'll be one person in your life that will be like, I understand. Or like, I don't understand, but I'm here for you. Yeah. And if you have that one person, like you're going to be good. Mm-hmm. And then you just build an army around yourself. That's yeah. what I, you know, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. I have you, I have people like I built an army around me so that I don't go to a place where I'm just ready to just, you know, knock myself out. Yeah. And that's, that's big. That's hard to do though. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that that's like a 
very beautiful piece of advice and I'm thankful that you've been able to kind of candidly talk about this with me and guys you know look at him now he has a podcast <laughs> <laughs> this guy who was on me crawling up the stairs so not only is he bipolar he's narcissistic too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah bipolar narcissist now <laughs> you're like psychiatrist is watching this like okay up in those meds <laughs> all right up in the meds okay well I think this was a really successful first episode. Yeah, good job, I think. Um, hopefully it reaches some people. Hopefully it helps some people. Um, hopefully it doesn't cringe you guys out. I'm a little cringed out. Yeah. But yeah, it's okay. I think we need to take a cringe break after this. <laughs> yeah. A cringe cleanse. Um, but guys, thank you so much for listening. And we will see you in the next episode. Yes. Um, yeah, first, first pod done. Let's go.